What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Unapologetically Blackmail, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Listen, uh, my name is Dwayne Pate. My co-host is Brother E.J. Stewart. Um, we want to thank you for joining us today. Um, this podcast is meant to highlight African-American men um, in their journey to success. Um, give a special shout out to our, uh, one of our sponsors, Jay Pope and Associates. Um, if you are in the Baltimore or DMV area and you are in need of any therapeutic services, counseling, individual therapy, treatment planning, medication, all that good stuff, uh, feel, free to, feel free to reach out to Jay Pope and Associates. Uh, we have a great guest on today, uh, Brother Braxton Byerson, that, uh, formerly known as Brax B, but I'm going to let him go ahead, and <laughs> go ahead and give us a little bit about himself, give us some history. I mean, then we're going to hop in it, um, jump on it and with these questions for him. All right. What's going on, everybody? It's your main man, Braxby uh, from Chester, Virginia, uh, originally born in uh, Eschenbach, Germany, um, graduated from high school, Thomasdale, graduated from Virginia Union, played all four years of basketball there, um, been on the team with my, me and my two brothers. And uh, I think it was the first time ever that all three of us were on the same team and started at the same, at the same time. Um, in CIAA history. So that was a, a great bit of history there at, at Virginia Union, which is a D2 powerhouse. Um, went overseas to play professional basketball in South America, down in Uruguay and in China. And after I, my career was finished over there, came back home to start teaching and coaching, teaching in, at the high school level and middle school level, coached at the high school, middle school level. And then I started to venture out into entrepreneurship and now I own two businesses. One is a marketing firm called B7 Marketing, and the other one is a life coaching firm um, and also a speaking firm. And I travel to various schools, various programs, teaching them about leadership, emotional intelligence, and things of that nature, um, trying to help break the mold of us having bad attitudes towards different situations and, and instead trying to help us understand how we change the situation to determining on how we look at it and how we um, how we mold ourselves to think about the situation. So that's all I got going on right now, man. And it's 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 taking off. It's taking off. And um, like we talked about previously, man, switch over to TikTok. And so if you're on TikTok, you can follow me on uh, Braxby, the TikTok LC. Mm -hmm. On Instagram at Braxby underscore seven. Um, I had Facebook, but I got hacked a couple of weeks ago. So. I don't have Facebook no more, <laughs> but through Instagram and TikTok, you'll find me there. So yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, want to want to go go a little bit back to like uh, like your background. You know, you you, you spoke, you kind of brushed, kind of brushed past that little the basketball thing. You know, real. <laughs> I guess it was like a humble brag. I don't know what it was. It was <laughs> so so tell us about that. Tell us about your experience, kind of playing ball. You know, um, you know, in college, getting the your scholarship and then going overseas i know that's you know a lot of, you know a lot of our young brothers you know aspire to do so do those things and play ball right. go overseas and they sometimes they only think that the nba is the only way mm -hmm. um but it's so many different avenues out there so speak a little bit about that like how you started who, who got you into playing ball and when did you realize it was like the like your thing oh man so i, I the earliest i can remember is age seven uh, Pops had us out on the track running miles with bleachers, had us doing <laughs> endless drills, line drills, layup drills, whatever drill you could think of. Pop had us doing it, man. So he, I remember back in the day, he always used to tell us that he would, would take us to the gym in the stroller and we'd be in there crying and stuff and we'd be hooping. 
I think once we heard that ball start bouncing, it was like that. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we we tried to try to persuade mom a little bit to let us play other sports like football, baseball, whatever. She's like, nah, we ain't, we not having that. <laughs> um, so that it, it just pretty much stuck, man. Uh, especially, I know when I turned about nine, I knew it was like this is it for me. I'm mm-hmm. just to get as far as possible I can. Um, and, and leave my mark on the game of basketball. And so as we, as I matriculated through uh, Little League um, at Harrogate Elementary and Middle School at Carver Middle, all this is in Virginia, um, high school, Thomas Dale, like I spoke on previously, um, various awards, numerous awards. I, like you said, as a humble brag, man, I, I don't like to, <laughs> I don't like to toot my horn a lot, man. So I just let other people do it for me. So as people say, you can Google me and you'll, you'll find out about the whole basketball. <laughs> um, and, and so once all the, the grade school stuff was done, man, went to Virginia Union, played with my, my older brother and my, well, both my older brothers. And my freshman year is when we all played together. Mm. And we all started. And man, that that was just an experience in itself because from from I don't, I don't even know the earliest time that we started playing together, but mm-hmm. all of these years of playing against each other and now we're playing with each other is like it's like uh ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> right. <laughs> mayonnaise and you mix some other ingredients in there, you can get ranch, man. But it's it was a it was a definitely a great experience, man. And then after after college, I went on to, to play overseas. And like you said, a lot of our young brothers now think, oh, the NBA, the NBA, the NBA. But there are a lot of guys who made it to the NBA, but they started overseas first. Mm-hmm. And that was because of various reasons, politics, whatever the case may be. Um, but that that experience of going overseas and experiencing different cultures and doing what you love, playing the game of basketball and meeting new people and establishing connections, all of those things, man, they, they turn full circle once the boss, once the ball stops bouncing and the last whistle blows, mm-hmm. it's a lot of things that you can get can connect with and, and get back up to with those connections that you build overseas, man. So it was definitely a great experience, especially China. I put China at the top of the list. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. Uh, can you speak to a little bit about you? You, talk, you, know, you spoke a little bit about your pops. Um, and can you speak a little bit about how, how he played a major role in your life and just kind of like the influence, um, you know, you know, the influence that he had on you to kind of point you in this direction and just kind of help you guide you? Because uh, and, and I want to ask a question like where like when you were growing up, where like you were the only family or uh, I guess a brother that had a dad in the house or like mm-hmm. was your community uh quite similar to yours or was it like yours like a unique one um i'll answer that question first but it, it was it was very similar we all we all had mom and dad and mm-hmm. it was only a couple of us um that that didn't have um both parents in the house but for the most part um a lot of us from the the schools that we went to we both had both parents in the house and gotcha yeah we, we were just uh it, we were able to mesh that way um because it was like if if my mom and dad weren't able to get get us from practice or whatever the case may be, we can call on our teammates mm-hmm. like we need to get y'all practice or uh, we stay at the house until mom and dad come get us stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, and so that that's what made us uh, very very close and of course a brotherhood mm-hmm. tight knit circle. Um, but yeah, man, pops played a, a huge role 
um, growing up in, in, in a number of aspects. Uh, one, like I spoke about emotional intelligence, that's that's something that I, I talk yeah. about mostly uh, when I go to um, on speaking gigs and stuff like that. Um, emotional intelligence is, is super important, especially when you're playing basketball. Mm-hmm. The, the heat of the moment sometimes is like, yo, ah, I, want, I want to get back at him. He like, <laughs> me. I'm going up for a layup or a dunk. And my man, mm-hmm. there, how I'm going to react. And then sometimes if you react the wrong way, that could end up causing your team to lose. So Pops told me a lot about emotional intelligence. He taught me a lot about patience and, and, and working your way through the game. And not, mm-hmm. rush, and not rush to do things. And another one of his big lessons in our, in our lives, and not just basketball, but uh, in the house, in school, whatever the case may be, was patience. And that's another thing that came from my book that you see back there. Um, my first book, um, uh, Stay on the Track, The Journey of Patience and Perseverance. Uh, and once you're able to, to master those two things, it's, it's a lot of things in life that you can just like pretty much brush off or let it, it roll down your back, man. But mm-hmm. Ops definitely played a huge role in, in making sure that we were, were getting our academics first, mm-hmm. making sure that we respected coach, make sure that we respected mom. Uh, he already knew for a fact that we respected him. That, that was no doubt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like just respect, patience, and emotional intelligence. Those, those three things right there is, it's like a, a perfect combination for um, not just a student athlete, but an individual in, in general. So mm-hmm. that's how he he pretty much shaped and molded me and my brothers. Um, I'll speak for them for this this little bit of time, but um, for for sure he was very very instrumental in, in my upbringing and leading me to where I am today. Now, are are you related to a Terrence Bison? Yes, I was with him this weekend. That's my cousin. Yeah, small world, man. Small world. Are you still currently uh, coaching now, or was that something that you used to do? Or are you still currently coaching? Um, sports, no, but life, yes. I'm okay. a certified certified life coach, um, and so I have I have a few clients here and there, um, and I'll take calls and stuff during the day in the midst of everything else that I got going on. But as far as sports, um, my my wife got me. Um, this year, she got me to, to coach baseball for my for my fir- my firstborn. I was like, "Oh man, I don't know what I'm doing out here." <laughs> my unfamiliar territory. <laughs> but I was like, "Man, I went I went straight to YouTube and was like, let me figure something out." But mm-hmm. I told her, I said, "Listen, baseball, you got me. Football, nah, I ain't messing with it. Got you. Messing with it. But yeah, as far as coaching, man, it's it's, it's life coaching stuff, man. Now." Um, making sure my kids get that same upbringing that my dad gave me. Mm. Of course, just passing it down from generation to generation, man. So it's, it's things like that that you have to pass down that's priceless. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, you can pass down money if you want to, whatever the case may be, and, and investments and stocks and all of that good stuff. But if you pass down the life lessons, that's something that they're going to remember until they're able to pass it down to somebody else. So you talked about um you know going to virginia union and you know I, i'm wondering how easy that decision might have been already having an older brother there and you know what talk about that process and then just how much that campus life and that hbcu life might have had you know influence on you today um so i'll, I'll say this i it actually was not an easy decision mm. 
to start off because I had I had a few D1 offers from um, George Washington, uh, East Tennessee, East Tennessee Tech, and it was a couple other schools, um, Appalachian State and Elon. Mm. But it's it's crazy how life works. Every every school that offered me, I don't know what happened between all of those coaches, but all of them got fired or, or, or replaced. Yeah, it was it was tough. So I'm because my my mind was set on East Tennessee, but I'm like, I I don't want to take mom and dad that far away mm-hmm. from my brothers. You see what I'm saying? So it did become easy once I found out all of those coaches were gone. I was mm-hmm. like, I know where I'm at now. And so I I just thought to myself, it's like mom and dad wouldn't be any more proud if they saw all three of their sons playing on one team and mm-hmm. one school at one time. So I was like. Let's go ahead and make it happen. And we made that move. Coach Robbins, um, Dave Robbins, the legendary coach at Virginia Union. Um, I, I know he was super duper excited because that my senior year in high school, they came to they came to one of my games and they brought the whole basketball team in there. <laughs> and it was I was just like I was at the, it was at the free throw line and I turned around to go go down to the other end. And all of them just walked in at one time, and I was like, "Oh, oh, this thing's serious." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, step stepping on campus at an HBCU, like I used to hear about it in high school. I hear my brothers talk about it when they came home and stuff. And I'm I'm thinking like VCU, Alabama, LSU. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking all those schools. So that's what I see growing up with football and basketball and stuff. But when it's my time to go to college, and I'm stepping on this HBCU campus. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. This is something different. Mm-hmm. And like the education, the, the relationships, like I, like I spoke about before, just everything encompassed with the HBCU culture was like, it was just like totally different. And then your, your mind shifts a little bit because it's like, I never really thought that this could happen by going mm-hmm. to this place. Mm-hmm. So once you once you get a grasp of the whole whole pretty much world or the, the, the whole aspect of life in general, mm-hmm. then you start to understand a whole lot more because it's some things that you probably would never have learned if you never stepped foot in, in certain places. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that whole HBCU culture has definitely played a part in, in what I'm doing today. And of course, like the show, like the, the podcast is talking about helping um, African-American men um, get over these uh, these systemic issues that's mm-hmm. boggling us down. Like I, I'm here to create a safe space for, for us because a lot of us don't want to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. A lot of us don't want to do whatever it is that needs to be done. So as a life coach, like, you listen, I'm going to listen to you. But I'm also gonna give it to you straight because this is what this is what needs to happen right a lot of things are going to happen in your life but you have the ability to change how you how you react to it so yeah yeah that's that's definitely uh definitely needed because you know we we're facing a lot out here and uh mm-hmm. you know the more positivity we can get the better you know mm-hmm. what I mean what are you finding are some of the most challenging things that brothers are dealing with out there um as of recently, man, I, I've always, and I've always said this to, to one of my, my boys, and I see that it's a lot of guys out here who are not um, 
for the lack of a better word, fond of, of marriage. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very scared of marriage. Mm. And and I tell them all the time, I'm like, what are you like what, what you scared of? Is it what you see on social media? Have you experienced this firsthand with a family member, whatever the case may be? And then they give me that their respective answers. And I'm like, listen, I got married. I was 24 years old. I had my first kid at 25. Me and my wife been together, together for 11 years, married for seven. And the, and the train ain't stopping no time soon. And so I'm like, listen, marriage is nothing to be scared about. But if you if you get into that union with somebody that you can trust, somebody that you can communicate with, and somebody that you can work through problems and situations with, you'll be good to go, man. And so that's that's one of the, the major things that that I see or hear about um, now between between our brothers about a lot other things that we have going on in this world, man. Of course, black on black crime. That's I don't even need to expound on that one. That's that's a mm. tough itself man but we just we just all need to again uh, work on our emotional intelligence and of course you got drugs all this other stuff going on man so once we once we wrap our heads around the things that we can't control a lot of a lot of us our things would get better and i I appreciate you bringing that point up because today's day you know we we as a society sometimes specifically black society you know, we like to talk about all of the external things, but, you know, there, we are losing a lot of young people, you know, to the streets. And, um, you know, talk, you know, if you can talk about that a little bit and in, in, in how you, you know, try to aim to work in that space. Um, so, stopping so, this stuff. so so what I do is um, I, I try to mostly reach out when I when I do speaking engagements. I try to reach out to, to inner city schools mostly because that's that's where the majority of the issues or the problems lies with inner city schools. It's sad, but it's true. Um, and, and I do that because no, I didn't grow up in the inner city. No, I, I didn't experience anything that inner city kids experience themselves today. But I know a lot of inner city guys who have been through that i've talked to them before and i know how to help these young brothers get through that and so me going into them schools and them seeing somebody that looks like them mm-hmm. makes makes the message a whole lot more amenable to them and and that's how i try to to leave my mark on these young brothers man just helping out as much as i can and just reaching out to schools every every single day like five six schools every single day and just trying to build that connection because I don't, don't want to seem like, oh, I just want your money to talk to your kids. No, nah, I want to build a connection so I can get in there on a consistent basis to help these brothers. Like, I don't want them to just see me one time and be like, no, nah, that's it. I want them every month, if possible, every two, three months, whatever the case may be and whatever your schedule fits. So, yeah, just just making my way into those schools, man, and being able to help those young brothers at any point in time. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. need it. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want you to. Uh, you say you get you wrote two books, right? So uh, in addition mm-hmm. to this, the two pitches. So talk talk to us a little bit about your books. Um, what what is it? You know, what is it talking about? I know you mentioned one before, um, mm-hmm. and if and give us a, a little background of the other one too. And like, what kind of 
push you to write them uh, in, in this day of time. Got you. So, so the first one, um, this, this is my baby right here. This is the original. This no. is the original. It's called <laughs> Stay on the Tracks, The Journey of Patience and Perseverance. And it, it is pretty much just a, um, a, a brief, a brief little, it's, it's not a huge book. I don't, I don't write long 300, 400 page book. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to give it, I want to give you enough to, to get what you need, like an ice bath for an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. You get in, get what you need, get out. But when gotcha. you get out, your body feeling super rejuvenated. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that's and that's what I take from my books, man. And and that book right there, that was um, that was prompted by, I don't know if you saw my uh, my Instagram, but it was prompted by me when I stopped teaching and coaching. It was a brief period of time where I was I was unemployed, mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I started filling out applications. My wife was like, "Let's go start filling out applications, see what we get." So. Long story short, 40 application submissions, all of them rejected. Mm. So I was like, all right, got to figure something out now for real. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they need the money coming in on my end. So I, I'm not going to let my wife struggle and go through all of that. I, right. I also protect, I provide and serve and, and, and do all of those great things for my family. So I got to figure something out. And that's when Entrepreneur came on, on, on to, the, to the table. And I was like, I had to pray to God. I'm like, yo, um, what are we talking about here? <laughs> like, we, we never discussed this before. <laughs> like, what's up? What's up with this? So um, when when entrepreneurship came on the table, the, the first thing was was write a book. And it's, it's crazy because the first three chapters had been in my computer for years. Mm. But I never I never I never made any moves on it. And so when everything started clicking, First three chapters, I just wrote four more, and then I self-published it. And I self-published it because I didn't, I didn't want any of the publishing companies to take away what I wanted to say. Gotcha. Right. And so I wanted to get that out there. And when when I started selling like crazy, my, my first speaking gig, I sold seven books. Mm-hmm. And all seven of the, the, the buyers came back, like half of them was in tears. Mm. from the book and they they left their reviews or whatnot and and ever since then i think i'm 350 copies sold in my book okay um, first one um and it's, it's touching a lot of lives man it's a lot of people that are buying the books for other people um and it's a lot of things that they say that they they, they needed but they never knew that they were going to find it anywhere else and so that that was a a, a mark to me to let me know that you you did what you were supposed to do. You, you were obedient to what um, God said to do. Um, and then the second book is mainly geared towards students and student athletes. Um, okay. It's entitled "You Got This: uh, The Student Trifecta for Academic Achievement," and that's a part of my my um, speaking program that I have going to different schools, the Academic Achievement Program, and it's pre- pretty much talking about the three principles. Um, that gave me that little change or that little shift in life. And that's mm-hmm. choice, confidence, and character. And with those three things, just like on the basketball court, is what I, pretty much what I referred to uh, for academics, life, and basketball. Um, those three things right there, if you have, if you possess supreme confidence in your, your abilities and your strengths and your weaknesses, 
there are a lot of things that is going to lead to, to you making great choices. Mm-hmm. And when you make great choices, your character tends to follow that. And there's not a lot of, not a lot of people who make great choices and, and don't have good character. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So those three uh, in combination that I call it the trifecta, get the old Dick Vitale saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what, what that came from because I use that, I use those three in my academics in high school and in college and, and on the court at, at all levels, especially when I went overseas, being over there by myself, no family, mm-hmm. just just out there kicking the dolo mm-hmm. <laughs> and just being confident in everything that I've been working on for since I was seven up to mm-hmm. now and then making the right choices and doing everything that I could and, and just maintaining my character whenever things would, would get out of hand, uh, whether it was financial or just any other mess that went on over there but yeah man those those are my two books now and my father-in-law was just at the house not too long ago he was like so when you write book number three i was, <laughs> I was like hold on, hold on hold on one second hold on one second but, mm-hmm. um, book three i believe um will be released in early of next year okay mm-hmm. that's what's up i think i think this dope man that you know you speak to um young athletes because you know i myself you know, didn't have a clue mm-hmm. going into college of, of what it was and, you know, just everything that you could uh, experience from the from the it's a business. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I don't think a lot of people realize when you go on that level and you plan, especially mm-hmm. depending on where you at, it's no longer fun. Right. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that you is know, it's no longer fun. Um, I, I think you having your brothers there, you know, I had to have had put some support and ease to you but you know if you don't know you don't know you mm-hmm. know what i mean so yeah. i think that's dope man and definitely necessary i wish somebody would have told me a lot more you know oh, oh yeah that's that's a fact and, and brad and brandon man they man they were super duper like they were like kind of like uh overbearing at one point <laughs> it was like the baby cub is here don't nobody mess with him <laughs> we gotta we gotta get him molded first Mm-hmm. Um, but once, once, yeah, when, when I stepped on campus, man, like the, that first day I went to the cab, everybody was like, oh, baby B, baby B. I was like, God, y'all been talking about me like this? <laughs> I felt like a king in that job. But I was like, <laughs> it was fun, though, man. It was fun just always being being around my brothers and, and the rest of the team, man. It, it was crazy. And everybody just raving. Like, oh, when I see one, I see all three. It was yeah, it was crazy, man. But, but like you said, um, speaking to to young athletes man it's like like you i'm in the same position we didn't we didn't have speakers coming to our school or coming mm-hmm. to our office to to be like yo do this have this say this do that it's a business we we didn't have that and so i'm like man listen this is the age now especially with all all of the they're able to get endorsement deals and all of that mm-hmm. stuff man mm-hmm. They, oof, they, they need it big time, man, because they have so much more at their disposal and they need somebody to help them be able to, to shift through that and get through those those things, man. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm glad we didn't have this social media access like we did then. You know, it was just really coming on the scene when I was in school, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd have made it, man. <laughs> I agree with you there. I agree with you there, man. Oh, man. I don't know how to beat it, man. Woo. 
Thank you. Man, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I I'm a, we got want to do two things. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a little fun question. You're a baller, so I'm going to ask you the top three people that you've seen play um, in, in Virginia. I'm going I'm to I'm keep it to Virginia. Top three, top three players the that you've top, seen play. The top three I've seen play. Ooh. I mean, and, and if you want to include people you played against, too, you can do that, too. Um, Off top. Off top, Tyrese Rice. Okay. Um, Sean Taggart. Sounds sound familiar. What what he um, end up going? He he went to uh, he went to George with, and then he ended up going to um, went to Memphis. For, okay. Yeah, he went to Memphis. And I got then, you. And then my last one, oh man, Andre Ingram. Mm-hmm. Andre Ingram. Like that was that was one of the first guys that I saw play. He played against Brad. Mm-hmm. I saw him play. I was like, "Yo, he molded his game just like Kobe." Mm. I was like, "Wow, that's crazy!" And then it's, it's and it's wild because every time I see Andre, it's like I was, it's like he was born. He grew up in the house with us. Mm. Gotcha. That's, how, that's how genuine he is, man. So. Andre Ingram was a great dude, man. But those three, Andre Ingram, Sean Taggart, and Tyrese Rice, man, those those three guys in BA, yeah, those those are some killers, man. But you, we got you put me on the spot. It's a lot of killers yeah. in BA, man. I, I know, I know. You know, uh, that's why I like the, especially the ballers. You know, it, sometimes it's hard to kind of give everybody that due. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like based on you, like you got to based off of what you see. Mm-hmm. Like based off of you know who, who like you know does it for you, so yeah. you know I appreciate that. Uh, now now we gonna go to the next thing. Okay, NBA top five. Ooh, top five <laughs> NBA man. Woo! <laughs> I can combine old school and new school. Oh, absolutely. I, okay. I, I you know I, I you can't. I, I feel like you can't honor the present without honoring the past. Got you. Um. Oof. Yeah, this is a tough one. Bill Russell. Okay. Um, Kobe. God rest his soul. MJ. Mm-hmm. Oscar Robinson. Mm-hmm. The big O. And one of my all-time, one of my all-time favorite Lakers, James Worthy. Gotcha. That's a, yeah. that's a listen. You can't go wrong with that. That's a solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't argue that at all, man. Hey, that's listen. The Byerson clan of men. You know, you 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 guys are are some pretty stand up guys, man. And uh, unfortunately, they don't know how to play it correctly, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I I was gonna get into that, man. I mean, well, his his cousin his cousin got the right idea. Okay, you know, I had I had the pleasure of bringing in his cousin myself. You know, personally. Uh, but yeah, man, it is you know, every every one of you guys I've ever met some solid people, man. So I appreciate that. You know, man. shout out to y'all, man. And it's just it's just crazy how small this world is. Like he was mm-hmm. literally just talking to me because I just did a jacket for him. He's like, Yeah, my cousin got uh the silver. I was like, silver, but okay, <laughs> you know, so you know, he, he might not have wanted you to know, but you know, he 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 kind of bit off of you, so well, one of y'all, I don't know who it was, but one of y'all, so yeah. Oh, hey, it's hey, it's okay, man. I tell him, I said, because he, he tried to get my sons, like, 
try to throw the uh, the alpha side all the time. Be like, man, listen, he if we don't, <laughs> don't go with the Omega, he only got one other option, bro. <laughs> That's it. I can dig it. I can. Dig I got it. you. So, man, we're gonna let you. Uh, if you if, let you give like parting words, and then I'll close out. Like, if you could kind of just pro- provide somebody who might be listening some encouraging words, you know, as far as like how to, you know, overcome the the certain things that they may be experiencing right now. Um, and just some encouragement in this season, you know, because we all need a little bit. You know, we're going into the the holiday season. We all know the holiday season can be tough for mm-hmm. um, many people. Um, so just, you know, offer some encouraging words and, you know, kind of like a little sign off piece and then I'll close out. All right, man. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep it real simple, man. And I, I was actually thinking about this um, at my nephew's game earlier tonight. And, and and it's real, it's real simple, real simple. It's not anything long. And it's let the misconceptions about you help you make, create something magical. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean that because we go and we look at kids' movies a lot, right? And I saw, I, look, I looked at Dumbo with my, my son a couple of weeks ago. And Dumbo, of course, born with abnormally large ears and people were making fun of him, joking on him and stuff like that. And he's been through these situations and they made him dress up as a clown to, to try to embarrass him and do whatever. But when he finally found out that his ears gave him the capability or gave him the ability to fly, he shocked a whole lot of people. And it's people today that are, are pretty much going through something similar. And, and we're not anybody's clown. We're not made or born to be anybody's dummy or anybody's fool. And once we get away from shying away from the ignorance of other people, once we realize our abilities and the, our strengths that, that are away from other people, mm-hmm. that are from other people, it can it can cause us to fly and then go to different heights and go to higher heights, man. And so again, I say don't let or let the misconceptions about you help you create something magical. And that's that's all I got, man. So yeah. Definitely appreciate that. Um, thank you for sharing those words of wisdom um to those who may be listening and also taking time to kind of share your story and to kind of share your journey um as to you know your level of success. Um, thank you for joining us for Unapologetically Black Male, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Once again, give a shout out to my co-host, Brother EJ Stewart, our sponsor, Jay Pope and Associates. And thanks for Braxby for coming on and sharing his story. Once again, you know, make sure you follow us on all social media outlets. Um, and Brax, uh, can, you want to give your uh, social uh, media information? I know you did it before. Mm-hmm. If they want to connect with you, um, website, anything like that. Okay, yeah. Um, Instagram, BraxB underscore seven. Um, TikTok, BraxB, the TikTok LC. Mm-hmm. Our website is www.braxb.org. And those those three things you'll find me. I had Facebook, but they, they took it away from me. <laughs> it's okay. Facebook, about to, they about to be on their way out there anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, once again, thank you all for joining us for Unapologetically Black Male. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one. All right. Take care, man.